You're listening to Make It Thrive, the company culture podcast. I'm your host, Lizzie Benton, company culture coach and founder of Liberty Mind. And I want to inspire people to create unique company cultures where our human potential can thrive. In this podcast, I talk to organizations, thought leaders, and people about the impact of company culture. Together, we can make it thrive. This season is sponsored by the Breathe Culture Pledge, a community of like-minded SMEs who are committed to building and maintaining a people-first culture. Whether you've got your company culture nailed or need a little guidance to improve it, joining the Breathe Culture Pledge gives you the recognition and resources you need to help your culture flourish. Plus, it's 100% free. Join over 700 SMEs and invest in your people today. Head over to breathehr.com forward slash culture pledge to find out more. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Make It Thrive, the company culture podcast. How are you enjoying the season so far? Have you been inspired by our guests? Have you taken any practical action? I would love to know what has been your biggest takeaway so far. So please do reach out. Plus, it's always really nice for me to meet you and put a face to my listeners rather than just seeing a digit on the screen. So do reach out, whether that's on Twitter or on LinkedIn, and share with me what has been your biggest takeaway? What are you getting inspired by? And what have you been deep diving into from season nine? This episode has been in the pipeline for a while and I've had to keep quiet for so long, but at last the wait is finally over and I can share with you all the exciting news that Semco Style has launched here in the UK. Don't panic. If you've never heard of Semco Style, then this episode will reveal all you need to know. And if you're already intrigued by Semco Style and the work of Ricardo Semler, then this episode will definitely add some meat to the bones, as they say. Who better to chat about Semco Style launching here in the UK than Mark Green and Barry McNeil, the UK country partners? Mark is the co-founder of Work Progressive, the UK licensed country partner for Semco Style. Mark is passionate about co-creating more progressive ways to organise work and developing practices that enhance people's experiences, enabling them to thrive. He is values-driven, with 20 years of experience in working with a broad range of people to make a positive impact through defining solutions in creative, innovative and pragmatic ways. He has a background in healthcare and consulting and is passionate about creating people-centric, participative and engaged workplaces. Barry is also co-founder of Work Progressive, the UK licensed country partner for Semco Style. He cares deeply about how people experience the world of work and has over 20 years experience working with leaders, teams and organisations to create more vibrant workplaces where people can thrive. He loves to question the status quo and explore alternative paths and non-conventional approaches. He is a fellow of the RSA and part of the Good Work Guild, focusing on the future of work and how it needs to adapt to enable more inclusive, participative work environments for all. Barry and Mark have also been kind enough to offer an exclusive discount code for the first 50 listeners 
of this week's podcast. So ensure to stay tuned so you can note it down. Right, let's get this show on the road because I've been waiting so long to share this all with you. Hi, Barry and Mark. Welcome to Make It Thrive, the company culture podcast. Hey, Lizzie. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Hey, Lizzie. Hi, hi. Good to be here. It's so good to have you both with me today. So today we get to talk about Semco style. We do. Hurrah. In, in, a, in a big way. <laughs> and it feels like it's been a long time coming to the UK. Oh, my word, yes. It has been, uh, well, Sem- Semco style has been around for uh, a long time and has kind of formalised a little bit more in kind of 2016. But uh, just coming to the UK just this year, it does feel like it's been a long time in the waiting. Yeah, definitely. And there's so many, you know, I mean, all of us have kind of been fascinated by this approach of self-management, new ways of working, however people kind of term it these days. And there are many methodologies and systems out there And I know myself, obviously, I've practiced different methodologies in self-management as well. But in particular for you guys, as now the Semco style UK partners, what really kind of brought you into this world? What really kind of made you go, yeah, this is the one that I really feel passionately about that I really want to bring to the UK? So, yeah, no, thanks. It's a really good, uh, good point to start. And I think, I don't know, I kind of reflect on my own kind of personal journey in some sense uh and you know i've read a few of the books probably in the last kind of 10 maybe 15 years so comes you know some of ricardo's work's been out there for for a little while and you know read kind of frederick Leloux and kind of read kind of a lot of i suppose as you describe uh, some of the new world of work or certainly some of the thinking kind of out there and i suppose you know felt kind of intuitively this is kind of the right thing to to be doing right thing to be thinking about um you know coming from i suppose working with with people uh, as kind of you know almost 20 years now in kind of various shapes and forms but i think certainly from my kind of perspective that um, yeah far more of a kind of pragmatic um uh, yeah practical um a kind of approach and I think you know certainly when I kind of came across these kind of certified expert program which is kind of my first kind of real foray into kind of Semco and kind of immersing myself in it 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 was that bit that jumped out around well actually yeah it's that kind of invite that invitation rather than necessarily replacing one set of rules for another set of rules it was really I suppose it kind of comes back to kind of me my values how I approach kind of life probably in generally uh kind of that sense of you know creating your own uh yeah creating your own furrow creating your own version of what that, that that kind of looks like so yeah I think probably two or three years ago coming across kind of Semco doing the programmer to to become a certified expert um I think for me yeah certainly kind of that, that's kind of what really resonated was that kind of accessibility uh, that practical pragmatic you know ultimately well where where do you start with some of this well go to where either there's energy or where the kind of point of pain is and, and that as a kind of way to experiment to explore to think about kind of this so yeah that's certainly my my own and i probably could take up the whole kind of time we've got just talking a little bit about <laughs> that but uh but yeah that's kind of my uh, my take on it and yeah i suppose what really resonates with with me anyway interesting and how about you Barry? yeah I'd- yeah, I mean, and to, very similar actually to what Mark's talking about there. I think um, the 
I mean, the, the story of of Ricardo Semler and the uh, the the decisions, the really brave, hugely progressive thinking that he did back in the eighties, early nineties, absolutely phenomenal. And I kind of think of you know certainly um, I've. Put, personally found myself as um in in certainly more recent years really kind of questioning some of the convention and tradition and uh ways of working that have just uh, so much the kind of default pattern of the way most most of us end up experiencing the world of work and and you know i've, I've been sort of questioning and, and was fortunate enough to kind of stumble across various people and various connections and various organi- organizations that were kind of really a huge part of exploring different ways of working and new ways of working. Um, but actually, so, you know, definitely it was something that Ricardo didn't have at the time when he was kind of just questioning everything and going, well, uh, let's, let's just do something a little bit differently. So they, they, um, I think one of the things for me that really kind of stood out in all of the different methodologies, though, was that, that piece that Mark was just talking about there about the, the sort of non-prescriptive, non-dogmatic approach that is very much a... Um, a kind of invitation to experiment, to try different things, to to uh, to begin to to uh, bring in your own kind of aspects of what this Semco style might mean within your organisation in your context. Um, and uh, certainly, when I was thinking about that community that um, I was trying to kind of connect into and loop into, I just wasn't finding a huge amount of that in the UK, and so. When, when Mark and I kind of started to go on this journey together uh, with Expert Programme, well, actually, it's been a journey that's kind of been longer than that, but certainly the, the Expert Programme accelerated that. The, um, uh, the kind of natural next step for us was to go, well, actually, how do we start to think about that community here in the UK? Uh, and that's kind of very much what brought us to this, this point now where we're like, okay, wow, we are... Um, uh, we're country partners for the UK and, uh, you know, part of this kind of amazing global network of pioneers who are just, it's its really inspiring to be part of because they are such mm. warm, uh, they, they really absolutely live the values and the principles of what Semco is about and you feel that mm. in interactions and engagements. Yeah. Oh my gosh, there's so much I can pick up on there because I totally agree in regards to the approach of Semco being so much of that invitation. I think that's one of the first things that I said really stood out was that it didn't feel like it was that prescriptive, like you say, replacing one set of rules for another and almost feeling sometimes with with some of the other systems that are out there, like it's almost quite elitist in some way that, oh, you have to do it this way. And it actually feels quite um, exclusive rather than inclusive. And what I really enjoy about Semco is the feeling of inclusivity and the fact that, you know, it is, like you say, an invitation to experiment and play and try and do something different and new. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for those who, who are perhaps scratching their heads and thinking, what are they talking about? This Semco, we've never heard of it. Maybe they've never had the, the inspiration of Ricardo Semler in their lives. Um, how would you describe Semco style to, to someone that's an alien, completely new to it? Perfect. So uh, I, I think the kind of first thing really is, you know, the the overarching thing that Ricardo Semler did uh, right back in the kind of late eighties, early nineties, as he kind of took on his father's declining manufacturing business, was basically say, you know, why are we doing things like that? 
why are we doing that? Why does that have to be the way it is? Why are all these rules and, and processes and, and kind of layers of bureaucracy in place when actually it's taking away from the, the value of what we as an organization are all about? And the that kind of central idea of questioning um, has essentially really kind of driven what Semco style has been about. And in 2016, uh, Ricardo uh, partnered with um, uh, a set of other entrepreneurs who were really kind of looking to go, well, how can we how can we start to roll out and share what Semco style is about? Um, and what they, they did a lot of work with uh, a, a number of people who could have been right through the organization, uh, through all of those changes and experiments for, for years. And really kind of tried to kind of distill all of that thinking down into a number of different, uh, I suppose, artifacts, for want of a better phrase, because there's a there's a framework um, and that framework covers five core principles, 15 pillars and over 100 different practices. But over and above that framework, there's then also a roadmap, which is is intended to kind of start to give a bit of a guide as to well, where do you start on this journey? How do we start to kind of move through and kind of um, evolve through this journey? Um, but again, <clears throat> because of the, this non-prescriptive, non-dogmatic nature, it is it is a a set of tools, a set of of thinking. It's a methodology and a and a kind of framework of thinking that um, enables you to kind of start to experiment and to, and to kind of go in different areas. So I think one of the things I absolutely love about it is the the constant kind of evolutionary nature of it it's constantly evolving and adapting and actually as more and more people get involved in experimenting with Semco style and embracing it then it will continue to adapt and evolve and uh, respond to the constant adaptation and way that organizations and ways of working are now evolving as well so um uh, and, and in many ways, actually, I mean, what, one of the programs that we um, we deliver, enabling hybrid working, uh, so many of the principles absolutely underpin uh, how how people can work in in hybrid ways and and in in all kinds of different ways. Because actually, the label of whether it's hybrid working or whatever, it's actually just new ways of working. And so, um, the, the Semco style is really kind of helping helping organisations, helping leaders, and helping people regardless of what, what their role is and their situation is in the organization to really experiment with and shape the future of work within their experience yeah, yeah absolutely well uh, i don't mark well what have i missed because i'm pretty sure <laughs> only focused no. In no 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 i think hugely comprehensive barry i think going back probably to the final kind of point you made there you know that, that invitation that sense of experimentation um, actually, this is something that's quite organic, quite live, growing, developing, you know, all the time. And I suppose for me, the sense of actually, if it doesn't work, create something else that, that, that isn't. And that sense of, um, you know, continually kind of, um, you know, restoring, replenishing, um, developing, certainly for me. And I, I suppose that sense is how do we create design more progressive maybe people-centered uh, or centric kind of organizations that, that are more inclusive participative and um, certainly from 
I suppose a kind of value sense, you know, from my um, my perspective, you know, that that's how I'd kind of describe. So that sense of you know experimenting, shaping work. We spend a phenomenal amount of time there. You know, any of the sense of where we come from describes work as being a positive for us as kind of humans. So you know, how do we do it in a way that actually seeks to engage, gets the most out of people, enables people to bring themselves, you know, their whole selves um, kind of too. So, yeah, Semco enables that, um, you know, and, and I think, as you said, Barry, the, the the framework is there, the roadmap are there. Those are just kind of tools, I think, to help shape um, either conversation or how we could do this. And certainly for me, creating your own style of Semco um, is what I would encourage, you know, as a leader, as a manager. Uh, and our, I suppose, change maker program very much kind of picks that that up. So, you know, entrepreneur, leader, managing director, actually, intuitively, you, you might think or you might know, actually, this might be a better way that we can can do this. And using through, you know, the, the methods, the practice, the pillars, and I think, as Barry said, that global reach. So whether it's practices from kind of US, from Australia, China, Japan, India, you know, we've got that reach in the global network to be able to draw, you know, through some experiences, case studies of, um, you know, of Semco, the impact that, that it has. I'm big on kind of impact rather than kind of necessarily theoretical models or, um, you know, arts of what could be, you know, show me where it's worked, show me what the outcome is, let me talk to people. Um, and that sense of kind of community, um, I think, is really, really big from kind of certainly from my perspective. Yeah. Oh, it, it just completely, I feel you know likewise with you guys in terms of you know going through that that process and that community it is just that collaborative space where you feel like you're constantly learning from each other and from what's out there and I think that adds real um power to what you're learning and seeing it putting it into action I mean I'm sure you guys had the same experience as I did when I did the you know the expert program is how practical it is I mean there's so much theory out there in terms of you know management courses and it's all very you know theoretical and it's not based on that grounded experience and foundation of practicality and I think that's what I resonated with the most was wow here's some things I can go and play with and we can kind of actually put this into practice that other teams are doing and one of the things I loved about doing the expert program was also the fact that you know in in those sessions you have um, other coaches, consultants, business owners who are sharing their experiences of playing with this. So you're always in this environment of consistent learning as well. I mean, in terms of, you know, those new ways of working, I mean, one of the things I've always found, especially in terms when it comes to self-management, because I remember when sort of Barry said to me, oh, Lizzie, do you want to join the UK team? And I was like, absolutely. I was like, absolutely buzzing. I was, you know, my, my emails, I think, had enough energy <laughs> to get Barry excited. Um, I was absolutely buzzing because I was like, yes, let's bring more of this to the UK. And it's, it's just been a phenomenal experience being part of, you know, the global network, like you say, having that collaborative environment, having so many different people to ask about their experiences and doing it different ways. I mean, in terms of that expert programme, what was kind of some of your big aha moments or realisations? Yeah, so mm, that's a good question. I think for me where, you know, it was the, if I go back to, you know, Barry describes the kind of two artifacts, uh, 
I think for me, it's the roadmap. That's what really brought this to life when I think about well, actually what, what is Semco really about? And, you know, whether we talk about kind of brave leadership or participative redesign, you know, some of the aspects that are really core to Semco. Um, I think, you know, going through that, you know, the hundred odd practices and they're growing almost by the week um, as we as we look at that, you know, understanding what and how you go about this. So it isn't just a model. Great. You know, you need a model. Naturally, that's there. Um, you know, the experience of, of others um, and, you know, that, that sense of learning. So picking up those you know, those practices, the, 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 the roadmap, that's where this kind of jumped off the page. And, you know, I suppose my thoughts kind of prior to, to finding Semco and uh, going through some of the content and program was actually some of this is a bit a bit academic a bit theoretical um I can understand it I get it at a certain level that you know it makes sense you know and I can see the kind of huge intuitive nature in, in in that but actually well okay well what's next there what's the immediate thing how do we do this what what do we even so that kind of I suppose bias for action and demonstrating some kind of output for for me and that that's the aspect that I think really brought it to life and you know I remember Barry us having kind of conversations during the course of that um when it was like yes ah that haha moment where a light bulb goes off and kind of things start the penny drops almost as to okay well I can see now you know uh, you know we do work in a variety of other spaces but you know thinking as to kind of how do we do this um that for me was the the moment yeah Mm. there is a a very specific moment for me actually around around about a similar kind of time actually Mark is talking about about when you get into the roadmap um where we do uh you do um uh role play and there was a there was a moment and I was um playing the role of uh the HR director suddenly having to go through the process of thinking about the shift to self-management and what that meant and the as mark was just describing there about kind of yeah i kind of get it at an intuitive level and and actually um you know there was aspects of been experimenting with a range of different things for a few years in in different roles and different um organizations that i was in but that moment when you suddenly go actually there's a there's a a big big part of what we are exploring here which actually requires people to to deal with pretty tough stuff because you're 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 suddenly your sense of ego your sense of status um you know all of those all of those things that you've kind of fought for and struggled for as part of the existing system because that's what work that's what happens in the existing system so therefore we've got to kind of you know we could have the survival of the fittest we've got to kind of make our way through that in order to cl- mm-hmm. climb up the ladder and then you suddenly get to this point where you're like actually what we're talking about here you know you it's really kind of starting to think about those aspects in a really, really different way and i found that hugely um on a kind of quite a personal level it kind of like grated with so much of i suppose they could have however many years of of operating and working in a particular way and 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 it really you know i think it really talks to that whole first aspect of what happens in the roadmap around brave leadership and thinking about okay for for us to create a very very different organization that is inclusive that is participative where everyone has a voice where people can bring their strengths to the fore regardless of whether that fits in the kind of tiny little box that they're currently sat in in the organization chart for us to do that 
we've got to really kind of think about what we what we give up and what we let go of. Um, and that was a really, yeah, it was quite a quite a humbling moment, actually. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I can definitely agree. I remember when I before I joined, started the, the program and um, Christian said to me, oh, so what's the biggest thing that you're hoping to take away from this? And I was like, if I'm honest, the amount of unlearning, I, I'm intrigued to see what yeah. next I need to let go of because throughout mm. my time playing with self-management, time and time again, it comes back down to that personal work. What 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 mm. is it that I need to relearn, unlearn, all that conditioning that we've spoken about that happens over so many years you know we all know that it begins in school and then we're constantly kind of conditioned throughout our workplaces to be in this way and I was like I'm just intrigued to know what's what I'm I'm learning next what's going to be the next thing um to kind of let that I need to let go of in terms of the way that even I work or the way you know my mindset or my bias towards Mm. certain things um I mean that is I always think there's there's definitely a big part of self you know in self-management that people don't realize I think that self part is that a mm. huge part I mean in terms of how you guys have felt when you're experimenting with these new ways of working I mean what have, what have you learned in this kind of journey that you've been on is there anything that this new ways of working has sort of you know have had a challenge or surprised you the most about you know bringing it forward yeah, so I, I, I'm going to sh- share something actually from um, from our uh, so, so we did a kind of uh, launch event and team day kind of uh, a few weeks ago, uh, which was a brilliant experience. Uh, I hope you. Uh, oh, I loved it. Loved it. Good. But actually, even as we as we were doing that, you know, so there was an um, aspect of what we did on that day was uh, very much driven by this sort of. Um, uh, the the Semco style experience, which is really kind of immersing into system dynamics and and kind of how different roles tend to operate into certain ways within organisations, just by the very nature of the system. So actually, you know, a lot of what what we focus in on is that the system of work is broken. So rather than making the best of what is, design a better could be. You know that whole kind of fixing the system aspect, and um, and then um, you know a, a really great piece of feedback we had after that was about actually um, as we were kind of started to kind of debrief things, there's still there's still points where we kind of went into a bit more of a didactic way of trying to get feedback from the groups and so on. And just like you know, and it, it permeates through so many different aspects of uh, of our lives, and I think there's this you know there's we've got just these default ways of of settling into things and kind of doing things because you you know you're under the pressure of time and and there's so many things that are going on and I think that one of the kind of beautiful things about new ways of working is that you are constantly experimenting constantly trying and constantly learning and therefore when you make mistakes that's okay you make mistakes you hold your hand up you talk about it you reflect on it you then go okay let's do things in a little bit of a different way um, and uh, so, yeah, so I think that, I mean, that's definitely one that could have just really came to mind as you started to talk about it, because it's fairly recent, but actually, it, you know, it was spot on and we, we could have needed to think about that in a different way in a, a, how, do, how do we enable that and facilitate that in a far more of a self-managed, self-discovery type of way. Yeah, that day was so amusing. To see people's range of emotions <laughs> during that experience was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, for more for more information, folks yeah, need to kind of, uh, come to one of our events and find I will, out. More. Honestly, highly entertaining, <laughs> highly entertaining. Uh, but I mean, in terms of you know, we talk a lot about these new ways of working, and and for a lot of people, I mean, for for for, for us guys, we've kind of been in this community for a while, and it, it feels very um, new to bring it to the UK. But we've obviously had the fortunate kind of aspect of being in the global community for quite a while and there's lots of things going on sort of you know in the Netherlands in Europe in other areas where we've been able to kind of dip in and be part of some of those global conferences so it feels super super new to some people to think oh this is you know almost a little bit scary a little bit I'm not sure whether this is going to work what do you think is people's biggest resistance from your experience to kind of just stepping in and giving it a try? So I think you used the word kind of fear and I think sense of unknown, certainly kind of from some of the conversations, I, you know, I have kind of with, you know, with customers, with clients thinking about, um, you know, as you say, how do I, how do I experiment with kind of new kind of world, world of work? Um, but yeah, certainly that sense of um, the unknown, you know, letting go, unlearning, um, not micromanaging, uh, not over the detail of every final kind of thing. Um, so there is a lot around, I suppose, mindset, um, particularly for leaders uh, around kind of unlearning, particularly kind of what and stepping maybe into, um, yeah, that those kind of conversations with them and, you know, thinking about exploring, I suppose, the level of change that kind of that they want. So, you know, working alongside, particularly thinking about kind of, well, how is it you want to design? How is it we want to run organizations kind of of, of the future? But certainly from kind of my perspective, yeah, that sense of kind of the unknown. And, you know, that's why, you know, step one in the roadmap is all about the kind of brave leadership of stepping forward and, uh, you know, making those that making that kind of you know initial decision actually this is something we want to explore want to experiment we don't know um where it will end up we don't necessarily know how long that will take you know and i suppose picking that back against the business you know and a requirement to deliver a bottom line for shareholders for stakeholders um you know depends exactly what sector where you're in and what necessarily some of the, the challenges are but there is a kind of fine balance between I suppose knowing that something's not right um, having some evidence to base that on so you know we hear a lot around you know um, research from Gallup around engagement satisfaction um, but being able to tie that to um, you know bottom line kind of deliverables you know and kind of you know I think is is work still kind of you know from my perspective to to be done but yeah I suppose that sense of fear I think as you kind of mentioned Lily you know, certainly from my perspective and well uh, shall I dip a toe in you know if I do is there a way back um uh, possibly I don't know uh, a good point for a kind of conversation um but yeah that, that, that's not necessarily resistance um but I suppose it's where do you start with it as well? Um, you know, so going fully autonomous um, from, the, you know, and that's the first bit we're going to do. Wow. OK, um, that's a big, big, big culture change, a big sense of life is going to be kind of markedly different. But actually, let's start experimenting where, you know, there is more alignment, where we have got um, some requirement or thought of kind of doing something, but actually doing it in a way that's kind of authentic with Kind of you as the leader or, or or kind of managing director you know ceo um you know how we look at that through through that lens mm. so yeah that certainly would be my kind of my perspective interested in yeah in yours barry what what are you hearing seeing so 
Yeah, I mean, it, it very much kind of builds on, I think, what you're um, saying there, Mark, because I think the probably the biggest um, fear that we hear people talking about is it just feels so big. <laughs> like, it just feels like such a huge thing to do. And it's like, well, actually, it doesn't have to be at all. You know, if you if if we kind of think about some of you know some of the kind of experiments that I've been doing with clients and and that we can be working through with with different organisations, actually some of it is just about well if we were just to try starting to increase levels of participation and involvement in in more more everyday decisions about the business, what would that look like? If we started to kind of just uh, share information more freely, more transparently, more openly about how the business is performing month in, month out. You know, some of things, some things which are actually really kind of very basic, very straightforward. You know, one of the things that's right at the heart of uh, the SSI framework is common sense. And actually, these are just common sense things. If we want people to kind of have uh, a greater sense of ownership about the business, and, and what they do and what they contribute into the business, then we need to share more information with them. We need to kind of trust people sufficiently to be able to say, okay, fine, that this, this information is, is uh, yes, it's commercially sensitive, but actually you're part of our organization. We, we trust you to share that with you. And they're actually, you know, um, that that is far kind of, when you start to talk about it in that sense, actually they're fairly small things uh, they're, they're, they're kind of fairly kind of common sense types of things. But you see so many organizations where information is kind of kept guarded at the kind of the top echelons of the organization. You know, they, they kind of all go into a, a glass room, close the doors, right? We can now look at this, this kind of set of information. <laughs> and that kind of level of sensitivity, um, um, the kind of secret nature of that, absolutely just communicates all that, that kind of message of, we don't trust our people. We don't think that they can be able to cope with this level of information, and therefore we're we're going to to not not share that. So, um, it's it's kind of breaking down this sense that it's just this big, huge thing that suddenly you have to do. Into it's just lots of little, small things, small experiments that we start to kind of put in place that are underpinned by certain principles that just will make life better for you, for your people, and really enable um, everyone to kind of show up and be their best. You look like you want to add something in, Mark. Yeah, no, 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 I do, Barry. And, you know, the, I suppose, you know, we all got kind of, I suppose, war stories from kind of time in kind of organisations. But, um, yeah, if I pick up some of the other um, kind of principles around Semco, you know, busting bureaucracy and, uh, and around, you know, control without being controlling, you know, having to get triplicate sign off for buying a Pritt stick at £2.50. You know, it's those types of common sense things that actually, do we really need those kind of, you know, That's in the case of Pritt stick, I think. Well, okay. Depends where <laughs> you buy word. them from, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, it's those small things, you know, and, you know, that's what I often can really make you know, really make the difference and thinking, you know, starting small, focusing through those aspects as to, well, where are we as an organisation? What's our aspiration? And being able to move through, um, you know, move through some of that. And yeah, 
yeah, that, that certainly would be my kind of thought, uh, you know, particularly in conversation, start small, let's experiment. Um, and, you know, this will develop kind of over time once we, we uh, and that's not you know, us coming in, but we are comfortable kind of in what this kind of looks like. What about you, Lizzie? What have you heard? I, oh, it's always a mixed bag, but I think the biggest ones that um, come up are that, how do we make this lasting? So that's something that's kind of like, how do we make mm. sure this isn't just another tick box HR exercise where we're going to start yeah. something and then everything's just going to be the same in six months time. Um, that's kind of one of the fears that comes up a lot. But actually, when I go in and talk about this with teams, it's fascinating that from a team perspective, it's a lot of the time it's about, well, what happens to my career growth? Because all of a sudden... It's, you know, that, like you say, that thing that they're always striving for and you're always dangling that carrot of the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. Oh, just work that bit harder and then the next thing, the next Mm. thing. Um, You know, that is what their work life has been for so long. And now you're saying, well, well, this is all changing. And I think that's a a big thing for some some people to kind of grasp hold of until they can see the possibilities of what's possible and actually how, you know, with... a, a you know a framework like Semco you're actually offering them so many more choices than just the one standard that we have and it's it's yeah, you know yeah. that link between you're no longer just I suppose the old-fashioned saying would be working for the men <laughs> but actually <laughs> you're you're linking it with your real purpose and satisfaction of well you know how do I want to grow where do I want to be what are my aspirations and how do they link with the business and that sense of wholeness I feel is so much more different than um, just going up but it it takes a lot I think that's one of the biggest things that when I've chatted to teams they're just kind of like but but how do I not be a manager a a manager in quotes anymore that seems difficult to them and as well you know I often I'm we've all experienced it where, you know, the first thing you get asked at a dinner party is what do you do? And our identity is always linked to what do we do? And, yep. and, yeah. and our job title. And our job yeah. title. And it's, it's crazy. I was even having a conversation yeah. um, with my partner last night. So he hired um, a guy from Starbucks because basically our local Starbucks, he goes and hides out there <laughs> while I'm working <laughs> or podcast recording. Um, and he <laughs> he got so friendly with the Starbucks staff that he just gets free drinks because he's in there so often. <laughs> but anyway, he gets chatting to them because he's a nice guy, likes to know like you know what people are doing in life. Anyway, hires this guy from Starbucks um, who's actually a really good developer. But he said the amount of people that would say to this guy at Starbucks, oh, you know, you just work at Starbucks or whatever, you know, like he got that so often when he'd go out, even though his his skills Mm. were in program development, he's an incredible developer. And, you know, he he went through some, some mental health struggles and was like, I need to kind of take a step back from such an intense job for a while. So I'm just going to get a job at Starbucks, make life a bit simpler for a while while I sort out my mental health and then I'll step into a career again. But the amount of judgment he would get from saying, I'm a barista at Starbucks. It's like, wow, we're, we're still in that place. Our society t- places so much value on the kind of status of what your role title and role is about and yeah i mean it's it's um it's so wrong on so many levels but um it's it's so prevalent um just going back to the the career progression um uh, thing that you kind of mentioned there because um one of uh, certainly i could have um one of one of the clients that we're working with at the moment 
um, we're really kind of helping to 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 start to work through what does career progression really look like in a in a totally different model of how that organization works with uh, looks like and the, you know there's a going back to this whole thing about unlearning and unbundling mm. and unpicking and um, the the career thing really has takes a lot to to unbundle and unpick because from a for the way that that people expect is you know I go in at a, a certain role level and then I become a senior of that role level and then I become a manager of that role level and and um, one of the things so um, a big part big part of the work that we've been doing uh, with those guys is about really helping to kind of redesign how their team structure operates so unbundling away from a sales team and a service team and kind of starting to put um, kind of uh, mixed mixed teams together that are all focused around delivering, um, you know, getting closer to the customer ultimately. So it's a very much a kind of outside-in perspective in uh, what we would talk about as extreme stakeholder alignment in uh, in Semco uh, terms. But the um, as as people are doing that, that we're kind of starting to play with the boundaries of what is within their role remit so this that this is my role and this is your role we're starting to play with those boundaries which gives people more opportunity to start to expand their skills expand their capabilities but you know the the um, aspects like performance progression you know different people having different role focuses or being at different levels of seniority or impact within a self-managed organization doesn't go away. We don't, we're not totally abandoning all hierarchy, but we're enabling uh, different people to, to spend more time focusing on the focus of where they can have the greatest impact. And if that's at a strategic level, then we're enabling them to, to do that at a strategic level without all of the bureaucracy of control that typically comes with that in most organizations and in, in a more traditional hierarchy yeah, yeah definitely it's so it's so fascinating isn't it to, it's such a fascinating area to unpick I think because like you say we're yeah, so yeah. we're so attached in so many ways to what that looks like from a personal yeah. level yeah yeah and and as you say it goes right back to you know how we're perceived in terms of our societal status and therefore how people will acknowledge or give us the time of day in general conversations when we're out in the yeah, pub yeah you know that's pretty big yeah right? honestly I think it is because I yeah. you know you see it all the time when I mean I, I'm whenever I go out I I treat everyone with kindness no matter who they are or, or what they're doing and it's really fascinating to see you know when people certain people kind of you know very, they they act and behave in a certain way that that person is of a lower status to them, and yeah, I, that and yeah. that is something I think that really grates my personal values. So I'm just like, oh, mm-hmm. that doesn't sit right with me. Um, which I think maybe is why Semco sits so well with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed. But I'm sure our audience are itching to hear about how they can get involved, hear more about this. So so tell us more, guys. What can the audience discover take part in perfect perfect well um there's loads of things really we are um i think uh we mentioned earlier so we only launched earlier on this year uh kind of first kind of started to to launch into the market in in may june time but only kind of formally launched last uh last month so um 
you know, there's there's a lot of things that are now are now coming online, which we're really excited about. So um, if if you want to go to find out more information, our website website is semcostyle.co.uk. So head there first of all, you can start to kind of find out a little bit more about what's going on. But of course, uh, follow us on LinkedIn. Um, also connect with both Mark and myself. And um, what we're essentially doing is with there's a a lot of um, uh, certainly a lot of kind of free um, things that people can access uh, just to kind of start to learn a little bit more about what Semco style is all about. So we've got the webinar series, which we recently launched, um, and we've got um, a kind of series of webinars that we'll be doing every kind of four, four, four to six weeks. So uh, look out for information on that. Um, but uh, over and above that, we've been uh, we're going to be running a number of one day testers, so a taster sessions, very similar to what we did with the the team at the launch event last month. And then um, we've got a whole range of different programs. And ultimately, in the first instance, you know what we want to do is we want to kind of start to offer these open enrollment programs to uh, to the market. So we'd love for for people who want to kind of find out a little bit more about what does it mean to be a change maker. There's the change maker program. But if people are really wanting to immerse deeply the certified expert program, the kind of certification that that yeah. we all did, um, which uh, which would be great. Um, and you know, I think there's there's as I say there's, there's lots more information about it on the uh, the website. But it would be great uh, if people who wanted to find out more information, uh, if they uh, contact us at shapingwork at semcostar.co.uk then uh, that's a kind of great place either Mark or I will be able to kind of get back in touch and have a have a call with people just to kind of find out how they'd like to kind of get involved more. For us, it's all about community and really kind of building that that sense of community. So there's there's lots of different ways that people can can engage and get involved. Mark, what, what would you add to that? Um, nothing. I think hugely comprehensive, Barry. Just, um, I suppose, a sense of, you know, if anything we've said, or, uh, you know, prompts any thoughts, comments, um, yeah, connect, um, connect for a conversation. So shaping work uh, at semcostyle.co.uk, um, you know, that's the best way to kind of contact us. And um, yeah, uh, yeah. Get back to the website as regularly as you can. We will be updating kind of the events on there. There is a, a session kind of early third uh, of November with Ricardo, um, so that will be a fantastic opportunity to hear from the man himself. Uh, but but equally, we've got that webinar kind of series that uh, that will be on, uh, as Barry said, on a rolling basis. So um, yeah, watch this space. Yeah. Uh, a lot more from us to come. Uh, but uh, yeah. We should remember, shouldn't we? Because we we talked about um, uh, so. Lizzie, I don't know. I hope hope you feel comfortable okay. with this, but we thought, as a as a bit of an offer to your listeners, uh, that we would offer a bit of a kind of a, a discount if people wanted to enrol in any of our open programs. So uh, there's a, um, a kind of people can use the discount code Thrive Ten, as in make it Thrive Ten. Then uh, yeah, we'd we'd love to kind of offer people a kind of ten percent discount if they wanted to kind of get involved. So I hope that doesn't feel too too nice. cheesy or too salesy for people. But we we'd love if uh, if members of of your uh, of your audience wanted to kind of find out more and kind of start to uh, look at that. Then uh, Thrive Ten. Brilliant. Thank you so much, and that is so generous as well. It really is. So thank you so much for offering us that out, guys. That's no, really so. Just to add a little bit of fun to the end of our episode, I'm going to do a quick fire round. 
<laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> so, so pinballing it, who wants to go first in terms of, you know, switching between you? Who wants to be the first one to say something? <laughs> in my oh, quick fire round. Go on then. I'll, I'll go first. Okay. Yay. <laughs> okay, Mark. Song or playlist that makes you instantly feel good? Oh, um, probably, oh gosh, uh, probably something from the Stone Roses. Nice. Ooh, Barry, yeah. what's on your playlist? Uh, um, uh, what's, what, um, uh, what's it, Proud by, is it Heather Small? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I like this. I'm building up my playlist, you see, on Spotify. These a book or podcast that changed your life and you're not allowed to say Frederick Lillian reinventing organisations. <laughs> I think that's oh. all of our Holy Grail. <laughs> Can I say make it drive? <laughs> oh, Barry, you probably We all know that, Barry. <laughs> With the exception of that, Barry. Come on. <laughs> uh, gosh, book that changed my life. Uh Yeah, um, I love the Hunger Games. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, nice. Yeah. I don't know if it's life changing, but I love the Hunger yeah. Games. So I'll say nice. that. Mm, okay. Um, I, so podcast was one of the the options there. So I absolutely love um, Dr. Rungan Chatterjee's uh, "Feel Better in Five. So that's been running for a good number of years now. So quite a long form kind of podcast. Sometimes creeping up to three hours at a time, but. Um, but yeah, that for me um, has been, um, yeah, just some of the depth and detail, um, particularly in the research. So a bit of a geek geek out uh, on that from my perspective. But yeah, love it. Nice. <laughs> I've, I've heard a few of his episodes, but I'm not a dedicated fan. So I've had a few recommended to me about different topics, but I must listen more often. The next question, the best advice you've ever been given? Yeah, best advice I've ever been given. I'm not sure it's necessarily completely um, um, uh, illicit kind of, yeah, it's, it's kind of language-wise would be exactly kind of... Um, we can that, be explicit, so, don't worry, Mark. We can be X-rated. explicit. Explicit, yeah. <laughs> X-rated, right? Yeah, that's best advice someone gave me many years ago uh, was you need to understand and sort your own shit before beginning able to help anyone else. So that was the some of the best advice I've ever been given. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, I, 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 my mind has gone blank, and so I, that possibly means I've never been given advice, or I've never, I've never, maybe I've never listened to advice. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think the uh, you know classic around um, uh, that that thing about. Um, not, you know, the treat others mm. as you want to be treated yourself, but mm. actually treat others as they want to be yeah. treated, yeah. Yeah. not as you want to be treated. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, yeah, that's a classic. Yeah, 100% love that. One bucket list item that you are yet to complete. Right. Um, so there is something on my kind of bucket list. Um, so it's, um, it's called the Pacific Crest. So basically, you start at um, the monument in uh, in um, Mexico, and you walk basically for about six months uh, until you get to Canadian border. So that will be 
definitely something I'd like oh to do. So gosh. you go to all the way through some of the highest peaks kind of in California and kind of on uh, upwards. So yeah, there's a walking trail and yeah, it takes roughly somewhere between four to six months to be able to do that. I um, certainly haven't done. I hope I'm fit enough when I get to the point to be able to kind of be able to have that sort of time at work to go and do that. But yeah, that's squarely on, on the top of my wow, list. I've never heard of that. So that is so fascinating oh, okay. to me. I'm going to be Googling that now afterwards, yeah. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to fling myself out of a plane. <laughs> hopefully, with something attached yeah. to you, Barry. <laughs> well, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I hope that there'll be something there that, that is attached that actually works when I put it. But uh, yeah, and, and probably the first time uh, actually attached to somebody who knows what they're doing. But yeah, that's, that's what I want to do. <laughs> and the final question is. A, if you could create a public a placard for a public protest, what would it be? Oh gosh! Yeah. Oh. <laughs> These yeah. are hard, Lizzie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that's a tough one. I can give you a rough sense of an area, yeah, uh, but kind of I'm, I'd need some <laughs> absolute help from someone with some kind of wordsmithing and. I suppose it comes back to probably part of the conversation we've been having and um, uh, something for me around the distribution of wealth kind of in this country and certainly coming back to our conversation around, you know, pay, you know, so a lot of my work's in kind of healthcare and I see throughout the 20 years I've worked kind of with within health and care, the, the phenomenal work that goes on there. And I just think, you know, there's something around the... Um, you know, remuneration, recompense, whatever you called, you know, people get into that often as a kind of, you know, life choice, you know, to be caring. And there is just something around um, around that for me just doesn't quite sit right. So it would probably be a placard with some well-chosen thought through words that would kind of, um, yeah, seek to address or go some way to that. But, um, but yeah, exactly what would be on it. Yeah, question mark at this point. Uh, I'd need some time to think. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but mine would definitely be about, um, you know, just the huge, huge disparity in inequality. And, you know, we're currently at a point where cost of living crisis and, mm. you know, energy prices are going through the roof. And yet the the, the system and infrastructure that we are kind of uh, locked into uh, and, and no one seems to be able to do anything about uh, is, uh, is just, you know, frightening. You just sort of think, actually... There's got to be a better way. So, um, yeah, it would be something to do with that along that line. Thank you so much, both of you, for joining me today. I have honestly loved this conversation and um, I'm so excited for the work we'll all be doing here in the UK as Senko style team. Yay. And for those of you interested, obviously, all of the notes that um, Barry and Mark have mentioned will be in the show notes. So the website and everything else. So do check that out. Um, but thank you so much for joining me, both of you. Thank you, Lizzie. Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Yeah. You've been listening to Make It Thrive, the company culture podcast with me, your host, Lizzie Benton. If you've enjoyed listening and want to keep up with all things culture, don't forget to subscribe. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to welcoming you back next week.